Welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, thank you all for being here in person, and thank you for tuning in if you're watching online. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Wade, and we are glad to have you. Uh, let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer before we get started, and then we'll just get right on into tonight's message. Father, thank you for the message that you gave me this week. Lord, I just pray that you'd prepare our hearts and our minds to receive it. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to, to remember these things and to take them with us when we leave here tonight and apply them to our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to, to not tune these things out, Lord, but to pay attention to what it is you're saying to us and help us to be willing, Lord, to make the changes in our lives that we need to make. And we'll give you the glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we've been in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, we've been studying on verses 1 through 8 about what the Bible says that, you know, the love of God is, and uh, uh, even more than that, what the, what the love of God is not. And we've been studying through those verses and uh, using those to examine ourselves, to see, you know, am I loving the way God wants me to love, or am I not? And uh, we're kind of going to pick up this week where we left off last week. Um, mostly last week we focused on 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. You know, it says, Charity suffers long and is kind. It envies not, it vaunteth not, not itself, and is not puffed up. In the NLT it says, you know, it's patient and kind and it's not jealous or boastful or proud enough. <clears throat> and where it says, you know, we should be patient and kind, we talk about how that that's with everybody, not just the people we like. And uh, how we shouldn't be jealous or envious of others, but we should be content with what we have because we have Jesus and he is enough. And we talk about how we shouldn't be arrogant or boastful or self-righteous and prideful but be humble like Jesus instead because, you know, like we talked about last week, the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I can't remember if I shared this verse with you last week or not, but in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, that's exactly what it says. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, so, so we don't have any room to boast or be self-righteous. You know, the only reason we're saved, we read last week, in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, that the only reason we are saved is by the grace of God. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's by grace that we're saved, not by anything that we've done ourselves. So the only thing we, that we have to boast about is the Lord himself. And uh one of the biggest points I tried to make last week was that we can't love like God without the Spirit of God. You know, we can't live godly lives absent of God. We have to have God in our lives to be godly. And uh, in order to love like God, we need the love of God. And uh, I shared this verse with, with you last week. I want to share it again this week, you know, just in case you weren't here or, or you didn't catch it last week. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 8, that's exactly what it says. It says, He that loves not 
knows not God, for God is love. And uh, without the Spirit of God in us, we just wind up frustrated, and that's when we become all the things that we talked about last week. You know, we, that's when we become jealous or envious or any of those things that we talked about last week, and we won't be able to be patient and kind, especially when somebody's being difficult or somebody's being mean to us on purpose. You know, sometimes people are just mean to us on purpose, trying to get us to be ungodly. So we need the love of God in us, the Spirit of God in us, so that we'll be able to love them in times like that. You know, without the Spirit of God, that's when we become those things. That's when we get jealous and envious. And instead of growing in love towards the other person, that's when we start getting bitter and resentful towards them. And that's when we become self-righteous and prideful, like we talked about last week, instead of witnessing to them and sharing the gospel and the love of God with them. And, uh, you know, like I told you last week, when we allow that to happen, when we get in that kind of a mindset, then we, we'll put them over here in, in a category of our own. And, uh, you know, we think that they're unworthy to share the love of God with. And we'll judge them instead of loving them. And, uh, you know, I shared this verse with you last week in Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. Uh, all those things we discussed last week, we talked about how those are just tools that Satan uses to keep us from our purpose. In that verse, in Second Corinthians 2, verse 11, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And like I said, all those things are just tools the enemy uses to keep us from our purpose, to keep us from sharing the love of God with other people. And uh, I gave you homework last week. I hope you, I hope you did it. I just ask you to read Psalm 37 and... Uh, what Psalm 37 is, it, it starts out, it says, you know, fret not because of evildoers. And it goes on to, to say, you know, the different things that people do to us throughout our lives that are difficult to deal with. Uh, that verse helps us to see that in the end, they don't win. The justice of God does make things right. And he reminds us over and over in that psalm how God is always with us. And uh, most of the time that they're doing those things, they don't have God in their life. That's why they're acting the way they are. But if you're dealing with difficult people or, or if you're just dealing with injustice in your life or somebody just done you wrong, then I hope you read that. It'll, it'll really help you with things like that. But if you missed last, week, last week's message, you can find it online and, uh, and watch it. But that's just a, a short review of what we talked about last week. Uh, like I said, this week we're going to pick up right where we left off. We finished up in verse 4 last week of First Corinthians chapter 13. So this week we're going to pick up in First Corinthians 13 and verse 5. And we'll go ahead and, and read that. In the King James Version it says, and it's talking about love, does not behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, and thinks no evil. In the NLT, it, it just words it a little different. It says, love's not rude, it does not demand its own way, it's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. And the reason I spent 
so long on verse 4 last week is because if we don't deal with and recognize all the things in verse 4, you know, we will become the kind of person that's talking about in verse 5. You know, we'll wind up being rude. We'll wind up being irritable. We'll wind up being selfish. And uh, we'll wind up being all those things. It's important. That's why we took so long on that verse, because we need to recognize those things if they're in our life and deal with them, or they'll keep us from being the witness that we need to be for God. It'll keep us from sharing the love of God that we should be sharing. You know, we can't just try to have church and go through the motions without the Spirit of God. You know, like the person that he's describing there in verse 5. Because that, that's what we'll wind up being. And we'll wind up just being a building full of people who don't have the love of God. And the, the only thing left that we have to offer people is judgment and criticism and not love. And I told you that at the beginning of this series, about three weeks ago, that that was the goal of the church, is to unite in the Spirit, to unite in love and become the body of Christ that we're supposed to be. And I'm not, when I say the church, I'm not just talking about Grace Community Church. I'm talking about the whole church worldwide. We're supposed to be one body, serving the Lord together. And that's why Paul is sharing this with them. You know, this is a letter to a church. It's Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And he's writing it to them because he's starting to see these things happening in the church. You know, instead of going outward and proclaiming the gospel like they should be, if you'll read through First Corinthians, you'll see that they started to have divisions among themselves, and they started arguing with themselves. So the church didn't go outward anymore. It became inward. You know, they spent all their energy and all their time arguing with each other about things that don't even matter. And, uh, you know, they stopped spreading the gospel and the, the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul's writing them these things. And uh, we can see that. As I always tell you, I don't want you to take my word for anything. I'd like to show it to you in Scripture. But in First Corinthians chapter 1, in verses 10 and 11, that's what he's talking about. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Uh, the NLT says there are divisions among you. <clears throat> so that's why he's writing these things to them, because the church is being divided, and they're just arguing within the church, and they're not, you know, performing the duties or the purpose of the church. And the things, if you go back and read through First Corinthians, the things that they're arguing about are not even important things. You know, they're arguing over who baptized who. You know, it says some of them said Paul baptized me, some of them said Apollos baptized me, and Paul's telling them, it don't matter who baptized who. We all have the same Lord. You know, we all have the same Holy Spirit, and we have the same goal. And uh, with divisions among you like this, we're not... We're not doing the duty that God has for us. We're not fulfilling the purpose that God has for the church. 
He's telling them we can't be the church and be divided at the same time. We all have to have the same mindset. You know, we read last week in uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So if we all have the mind of Christ, then we all are on the same page. We're all united in the love of God and the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're not united, then just like the church at Corinth, then we're just arguing and competing with each other. And we've lost sight of our purpose. That's why the whole church all over the world is so divided. That's why you see, uh, you know, it wasn't always like that. That's why you see so many different denominations and church splits because people are arguing about things that don't even have anything to do with what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why Paul is writing this letter to them to tell them, you know, you can't do these things and have the love of God. You can't do these things and share the love of God. He's trying to call them back to their calling. He's trying to call them back to their purpose, which is to bring other people to Jesus and then to turn around and serve Jesus together. So the first thing in verse 5 that we see in the King James, it says, behave, love don't behave itself unseemly. Or in the NLT, it says, love is not rude. You know, when we're rude, we're not going to do anything but offend people. You know, you can't be rude and loving at the same time. You know, I tell you all the time, and this, to me, is the biggest reason to not be rude. You know, if you call yourself a Christian, it's not your name on the line anymore. You know, if you're rude to somebody, it's the name of Jesus that we're tearing down if we call ourselves Christians. You know, if I'm rude to somebody, they're not going to say, well, Wade offended me. You know, what are they going to say? They're going to say, the church offended me. They're going to say, they got offended at church. And uh, a lot of times they'll say, I'm not going back there anymore because I was offended. And uh, Paul addresses that a little further in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3. He tells us, you know, don't give any offense in anything because the ministry will be blamed. He says, give no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Uh, you know, if we back up a little further than that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in verses 20 through 21, we'll read why we don't give any offense in anything. Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. And in verse 21, it says, He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So God has made us ambassadors. He gave us the ministry of sharing the gospel to people. And uh, you know, Jesus saved us. He paid for our sins and made us right with God so that we could do that, so that we could work together with him. And that's exactly what it says in the Second Corinthians 6 and verse 1. It says, we then, as workers together with him, with Christ, we beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And what he's saying is, God didn't save you so you could go out here and be rude to people so they'll reject Jesus. He saved us so we could have the righteousness of God through the Holy Spirit to 
to share the gospel with people. You know, we are ambassadors for Christ. And when he says that the ministry be not blamed, he's saying, God forbid that somebody rejects salvation because of the way that I've treated them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I want to share these verses with you. We always have to be in the mindset that I am an ambassador of Christ if I call myself a Christian. You know, just because I'm having a bad day or things aren't going right today, I always have to keep in the back of my mind that I am an ambassador for God. I'm a witness for Christ. And if I'm rude to somebody just because I'm having a bad day, then that might be the very thing that turns them away from Christ. But in 2 Corinthians 6, we'll keep reading verses 2 through 5. It says, For he says, I have heard you in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured, secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. That's the verse we just read. That's why we shouldn't uh, give any offense in anything because today might be the day of salvation for somebody. You know, don't let them reject Jesus because of the way I treated them. And if we keep on reading, it says, But in all things, approving ourselves or remembering that we are the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. You know, what he's saying is, in the, especially in difficult times, we need to remember that we are ambassadors for God. And, uh, you know, not just with difficult people. We always have to deal with difficult people. But what he's saying there is that means when everything is going wrong in our own lives, that we still need to remember that I am an ambassador of God in the middle of this too. And uh, not just when things are going good. And the way that I deal with my situation, if I am going through a hard day or a hard time, that might be the reason that somebody believes in or rejects Christ. You know, I always tell you, people are always watching you all the time. You know, there's not nothing you do that somebody's not watching you and how you go through it, especially if you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, they want to know if the God you say you believe in is real or not. And uh, when it comes right down to it, they're looking for hope. They want to see if God comes through for you. Then they can put their faith in him. Or we can be the reason they walk away discouraged or offended, you know, if we're not who we should be when we're going through a hard time. You know, I, a lot of you know I hadn't felt good in a few weeks, actually a couple of months. And uh, when you don't feel good sometimes, it affects your mood. It, it makes you grumpy and grouchy. And I've had to text people and tell them, you know, I'm really grumpy and I'm really grouchy today. You've got to get that off your chest. Share that with somebody if you're having a bad day. Just because you're a Christian don't mean you don't have bad days. You'll have them. But we've got to remember, even in those days, we still need to be patient and we still need to be kind. We still need to be long-suffering because we're still ambassadors even on our bad days. Uh, like I said, people are always watching you. They're looking for hope. 
And we can be the reason they find that hope if we remember who we are, even in hard times. Uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 19, I love that verse. I've, I've seen that happen a whole lot, more than I would like to admit. But it says a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. And when it says a brother offended, to me, that's somebody that's already in the church. And then somebody does them wrong in the church. And once they've been offended, uh, you know, they're going to turn right around and blame the ministry, like we just talked about in uh, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 3. And it's very hard, once somebody has been offended, uh, to convince them to give God a second chance. <clears throat> it's really hard to talk somebody into giving God a second chance. And I think that's the main reason a lot of people don't go to church is because somebody at the church treated them badly at some point and it offended them. So they just stopped coming. So we get, need to remember, especially in hard times, that we are ambassadors for Christ. And we have to show the love of God in all situations. Uh, if you go back to verses 4, in 5 in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> Can you do those in the NLT, Travis? Now this is that list of stuff that says, you know, things that Paul is going through. And he's not just listing things we could go through. These are things that Paul actually went through. It says, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. We've been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. And Paul really went through all those things. You know, that's not just a list of stuff that, that he put out there. If you go through these things, remember you're an ambassador. He's telling them, I'm going through all these things and I still remember who I am in Christ. And so those are things that Paul was actually going through, but he never forgot that he was an ambassador for Christ. And he tells us how he did that. And if we keep reading in verse 6, it says he did it by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love unfeigned. So... He did that by remembering who he was in Christ. You know, he he was treated horribly. But he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit and by love. So we can't be rude and share the gospel or love at the same time. Uh, and the next thing we see in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is selfishness. You know, the King James says, Seeks not her own. And uh, in the NLT, it says, does not demand its own way. When we don't take care of things, you know, that we talked about last week in verse 4, and we allow those things to take root in our hearts, like I told you a minute ago, that envy, that jealousy, that bitterness, all those things, then we're no longer seeking how we can please God. We've gone back to how I can please myself. You know, we'll go right back. Instead of seeking God's will, we'll go back to seeking our own will. 
not only God's will, but the well-being of other people too. You know, if we're not seeking God's will, there's only one other will to seek, and that's mine. And uh, it says love does not demand its own way, or like the King James said, seek its own. But if we're not seeking God, that's what we're led back to. And we'll quit worrying about the well-being of other people. You know, if we go back to Philippians that we read last week, in chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, it says, Paul says, Fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. And you could take that and call it selfishness, you know, you're doing it out of vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. And look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So when we allow those things that we talked about last week to take root in our hearts, then just like the Corinthian church did, all of our thoughts and desires will become inward and not outward. And we'll be, like it said there in verse 3 of uh, Philippians 2, We'll become selfish, and we'll just be doing things for ourselves to make ourselves look good. And we won't be doing it for anybody else. We'll be doing it for ourselves. And not we won't be doing it for anybody else or God. We'll be doing it to make ourselves look good for vainglory, it says. And that's when not only our witness is hurt, because we're not going to be telling anybody about God when we get to that point, but that's when all of our relationships start hurting too. You know, when we start caring about the needs of others, uh, when we become selfish, we stop meeting the needs of the people around us, even the people that are closest to us. Because when I become selfish, you know, my needs become more important to me than their needs are. I start putting myself back at the top of the pedestal and uh, everybody else down here, and I'm going to please myself before I please anyone else. You know, I'm going to meet my needs first. So we have to care about others, especially the ones that are difficult to care about. Uh, I want to share these verses with you in Hebrews. They go right along with that. In Hebrews 12, verses 14 through 16, uh, it says, Follow peace with all men. That includes the ones that are hard to get along with. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently, diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. So when we allow bitterness or selfishness to creep in, we stop caring about other people, like he tells us to in verse 15. And like verse 16 says, right there, we give up our birthright. And, uh, you know, what is our birthright? We share that verse all the time in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. If we're in Christ, we're a new creature. You know, it says in Ephesians that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And when we surrender to him, that's our birthright. We become a new creature in Christ. He brings us to life. We receive the Holy Spirit of God. And old things have passed away, and behold, all things 
have become new. So that is our birthright. We are now a son or a daughter of God. And uh, we are now ambassadors for God in Christ. So when we give up our birthright, we give up our ability to share the love of God. We turn our back on the, the grace of God. You know, we just read in 2 Corinthians 6.1 a minute ago that we are workers together with him. And uh, he says that you receive not the grace of God in vain. But when we allow bitterness or selfishness to creep in and take root, then we deny the same grace that saved us. We're not willing to share that with anybody else. And like it said there in verse 15 of Hebrews 12, if you'll go back to that one, Travis, it says that many be defiled, not just yourself. You know, when we do that, when we turn around and start caring more about ourselves again than we do the things of God, it's all the people that we should be sharing the love of God with that aren't getting it because I'm too concerned about myself. So we've got to be careful about becoming selfish. Uh, I like to say, I like the way Barney Fife puts it, we've got to nip it in the bud. So every time I go to feeling like that, or I see myself start getting selfish, I'll tell myself, you need to Barney Fife it, you're heading in the wrong direction. And that's exactly what he's talking about in Hebrews. He says, get rid of that root before it grows up, because when it grows up, it has really bad results. And I love the way that uh, King James puts it. It says that, that love seeks not her own. If we go back to verse 5. First <coughs> Corinthians 13 it says, love seeks not her own. And uh, when I see that, it reminds me of Matthew 6, verse 33, which says, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, not my own will. I need to be seeking God's will first. When we stop seeking God and his righteousness and how we can please God, you know, when we start slacking in our faith and just start on that slow decline, when we stop reading our Bible as much, when we stop praying as much, when we stop doing our devotions, you know, when we start slacking on getting together with other believers, you know, if we were going to a class and now we decided we don't want to do that anymore or we quit coming to church regularly and just come when we feel like it, when we stop doing those things and when we start slacking on those things, it's just natural for us to start slipping right back into our old lifestyles. And uh, we'll start fulfilling our desires instead of God's. And that's why it says to seek first the kingdom of God. You know, it don't come naturally. That's something we have to seek. That's a daily thing we have to do. We've got, a, it's called self-discipline, and that is a, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We were just talking about that a while ago. Uh, we leave it up just naturally, you know, naturally we decline. Naturally we sink right back into our old mindsets. You know, we don't have to work at that. Those things just happen. That's why we have to be intentional on seeking God every day. If we're just left to our, our, our own nature, we'll go right back to our old mindsets, our old habits, our old lives, and we'll, we'll find ourselves right back to being focused on how unsatisfied we are because things are just not the way we want them to be. And uh, 
will wind up not being the witness or the ambassador that we're supposed to be. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16 that he had to be renewed every day. It says, for which cause, and the cause he's talking about is spreading the gospel and being a witness. It says, for which cause we think not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He had to be renewed by the Spirit of God every day. And it's, a, you know, probably the greatest evangelist, I think, that ever lived, had to be renewed by the Spirit of God every day. And I think we do too. You know, he was beaten and tortured. You name it, he went through it. But every day when he woke up, he submitted himself to the Spirit of God. And every day he chose to remember that he was an ambassador of God, even in the middle of all that suffering that he was going through. And uh, like I said, he wasn't just an ambassador to the churches. He was an ambassador to the ones that were putting him through all that stuff. You can read a few accounts where he's sharing his faith with the jailers. And, you know, he wasn't just kind to the kind. He was kind to everybody. He offered the gospel to everybody. And we have to make that choice every day, too. Uh, even Jesus says that, that we have to die to ourselves daily. We can see that in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. He said, if any man will come after me and be his disciple, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, Paul says it again in 1 Corinthians 15 and 31. He says, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. So that's a daily thing. You know, it's not just one and done. Every day we have to submit ourselves to God, remember who we are in God, that we are ambassadors. And, uh, you know, the if you never read it, 1 Corinthians 15, that whole chapter is talking about the resurrection of the dead. It's talking about how if Jesus Christ is not resurrected, if he didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. And uh, that's where he says, you know, we have to be buried with Christ every day too. And then every morning, we have to be resurrected with Christ. It's a daily thing. So he's, in that chapter, he's talking about the resurrection of Christ from the dead. But just like our faith would be useless if Christ had not risen from the dead, our faith is also useless if we don't die daily and let the Spirit of God rise us from the dead every day. You know, let the Holy Spirit resurrect us every day as ambassadors for Christ to share the love of God with other people. So we have to be vigilant and diligent in seeking God to guard ourselves from slipping back into selfishness. You know, that is a real problem in the church. If we don't discipline ourselves, like I said, it don't come naturally to show up for a class. It don't come naturally to go home and read your Bible every day. Those are things we have to discipline ourselves to do. Because if we just leave it up to, you know, however it works out, then we'll wind up back in our old lives before we know it. We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us every day. It has to be a daily choice. And, uh, you know, slipping back into our old ways, that is the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, it don't take any effort to do that. 
but it takes daily effort to keep from being selfish and surrender our will to the will of God. Uh, I think that's far as I'm going to go on verse 5 today. And the reason is because I think God wants me to put a lot more effort into the last the last remaining part of verse 5. Uh, and it's going to take more time than what I have left tonight. So that's probably what we'll pick up next week is in the last part of verse 5. Uh, and we'll go ahead and read that. The last part of verse 5 says, It's not easily provoked, and it thinks no evil. Uh, in the NLT, it says it's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. So next week, we're going to dive into that. There's a whole lot in there needs to talking about. Because what it's talking about right there is unforgiveness. Uh, you know, if I'm irritable and miserable, it's probably because of some area of unforgiveness or things in my past that I've not dealt with that are keeping me not from, not only from sharing the love of God, but also pre <coughs> preventing me from accepting or receiving or experiencing the love of God for myself. You know, I see it all the time. People, they want the love of God in their life. They want a better life, but there's something keeping them from getting that. There's still something in their life that they don't have the love of God in them. You know, they come to church every week and they see everybody that is experiencing the love of God and they don't understand it because they don't have it themselves. Uh, they're not experiencing it themselves. And you can't share something that you don't have. So next week, we'll focus, uh, God willing, on the last part of verse 5. You know, I, I know that we're, I was telling Travis this a while ago, I know we're spending a lot of time on these two verses, but if we don't understand the love of God, then how, how can we share it? And if something is hindering you or stopping you from receiving the love of God, you need to know what it is. You know, we need to identify what it is that's keeping you from experiencing the love of God. Because I know nobody wants to, to be miserable. And if, if you're not experiencing the love of God, something's keeping you from it. And uh, it's really hard, like I said, to come to church every week and be around people who have received the love of God if you don't have it yourself. You know, if you're not experiencing it yourself, you don't get it. You don't, you don't understand it. And uh, I did that for a long time because there were things in my life that I hadn't dealt with. And uh, I hadn't fully surrendered those things to God. There was a lot of unforgiveness in my life. Uh, where it says at the end of verse 5, you know, keep no record of being wrong. That was my entire life. I had a whole big long record of how I had been wronged over and over and over. And I wasn't willing to let any of that stuff go. And until I did, you know, I had no idea what the love of God was like. So, uh, God willing, that's what we're going to pick up next week and talk about that stuff. And, uh, you know, if that's you, I, I pray that you won't miss next week. And like I said, I believe that's the main reason most pe people are not experiencing the love of God is because uh, once you've been wrong so many times, you know, you, you get a hardened heart. I used to have a, <coughs> a really hardened heart a heart full of unforgiveness 
and resentment and bitterness and uh, nobody wants to live that way but I think we wind up that way a lot and we don't know what to do with it we don't know how to get rid of it we don't know what to do with it you know it may not even be a person it could just be something that happened to you something that you went through and because of that you know maybe you're like I was you don't trust anybody you don't have anybody you can trust you don't even trust God but God can free you from that. He freed me from that. He's freed millions of people from that. So next week we'll focus on the end of verse 5. And uh, hopefully you can recognize something in your life that's keeping you from experiencing the love of God. Or maybe it'll help you get rid of the grudges you have towards certain people so that you can forgive them and share the love of God with them. That don't mean go have a relationship with them. That takes two people. But it does mean that you can get out from under the, that unforgiveness that's holding you back and keeping you from loving the way that you should. So uh, if those are something that you're dealing with, I do pray that you'll be here next week for that because I'll share with you the, some of the things that God did in my life to help me get freedom from those things. And uh, if you're stuck right there, that's what you need is freedom because you won't go any further without the love of God. But that's what I've got for tonight. And uh, always I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ if you haven't. Uh, none of these things are possible without the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, then, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You know, it's really simple. A lot of people think you've got to get cleaned up to come to God. You've got to get it all together. And that's... That's not what God's Word says. All you got to do is realize your need for God. Just cry out to God and tell Him, I need you. I need your help in my life to show me how to do these things. And uh, invite Him into your life, and He will come into your life. And He will help you with those things. And uh, just tell Him you want Him to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior. And when you put your faith in Him, He'll send you his Holy Spirit that'll help you do all those things. Uh, I always like to share these verses with you in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And verse 10 says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So today you made that decision and you want to give your life to Christ, just invite him in and, uh, you know, tell somebody. Today I gave my life to Christ. And that's all you have to do. And the Bible says you will be saved. And like I said, it don't matter what your background is, what you've done. Uh, verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I always want to share this verse with you too. You know, because I was one of those that thought, man, I'm too bad. God will never have anything to do with me because I knew I couldn't straighten up on my own. I'd tried it for years and it wouldn't work. But Romans 5 and verse 8 says that God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it don't matter how bad you were. It don't matter how bad you are. Uh, even if you're still living in active sin. Cry out to God from right where you're at, and he'll save you. It says 
There's verses in there that says he's able to save people to the uttermost. It don't matter where you are. If you cry out to God and you mean it in your heart, he'll meet you right there. And if you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. Uh, I hope this series is really helping some people. I know it really helped me. But uh, next week, we'll pick up where we left off in verse 5 and uh, see where God leads us. Thank you all for coming out if you're here tonight. And uh, thank you for tuning in if you're watching online tonight. Let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you for helping me to get up here and preach your word tonight. I thank you for your word, Lord. And uh, God, I just pray for every heart that heard this message tonight here or online, or people that will watch it in the future, you know, on the on Facebook or wherever they see it, Lord. I just pray that you would help them to, to find the freedom that comes through turning these things over to you and let you change our lives. And Lord, I pray that you give us the courage that when you reveal these things in us to do what you tell us to do with them, Lord. Help us to find the courage to to make the changes in our lives that we need to make so that we can become the, the sons and daughters of God that we're supposed to be and so that we can unite in your love, Lord, and be the body of Christ that you've called us to be. It's in your name we pray. Amen.